0: Greetings. We're back, which means you are back. Good to have you along. The Employment Law Show. Skulls here and John Pekas Employment Lawyer, Samfiru Tamarkin. LLP is where you'll want to reach out to Johnny anytime. Ask your questions when we're not doing this amazing insightful half hour of radio which is meant to educate you over the next 30 minutes about uh, your workplace rights employment laws is what we focus here obviously it's all in the title of the show right you can reach john outside the show anytime 18558215900 help at employmentlawyer.ca and main topic tonight that we'll get to is what you need to know about employment agreements there you go super important right from the get go when you get a new job and even midstream even more so so we'll uh, drill down on that a little bit but John we always start off with the case of the day, something you've been working on, brother. What do you got?
1: We'll start with the case of the day. Uh, This is a a very interesting one. Um, uh, Someone who had been working for a fairly small company as a marketing coordinator. And what happened is the company recently started a massive marketing campaign that added significant duties and responsibilities to her plate. So she found herself working very early in the morning, late in the evening, even on weekends. And all throughout that time, she's receiving emails from her boss asking her to finish these tasks right away. So she feels she has no choice. And she was okay with this for, you know, maybe a week or two. But after a month goes by, she finally got fed up and said, I need to do something about this. And she asked them, she says, I'm working 60 to 70 hours per week. I should, at a minimum, be paid overtime here. I know that's the law. And the response that she gets from her boss is, no, you're paid a base salary and you get paid fairly, so we don't need to pay overtime. <laughs> and that's of course wrong uh and she starts a complaint at the ministry of labor for her overtime pay and after an investigation uh they find an employment standards officer finds that she is owed overtime pay so the company has to pay it and then they fire her of
0: course and pay do. her
1: two we- <laughs> and pay her two weeks pay which is what they say they owe her under her contract now the reason i i bring up this this case is because it just hits on so many levels and so many issues that are important for employees. Now, first of all, a good reminder, like we were saying, that yes, you can be entitled to overtime pay, even if you are paid a base salary. That's not the end of it. Uh, and secondly, now after she makes a complaint and she's fired, this is an obvious reprisal, right, for her bringing an employment standards complaint, an obvious reprisal for enforcing her rights. And and the law just does not allow for that. And that's actually a very serious offense, something the law Takes very seriously, and uh, the employer is liable to pay her some significant compensation for that issue alone. Uh, so, th- and most employers are sensible enough not to do that, which is why people should be comfortable doing that. But finally, most importantly to our listeners, you know, the fact that this company has a contract where they claim that they only owe her two weeks' pay is not the end of the story either, because most contracts we see, uh, and like this one, uh, are completely illegal. And because it is illegal, she's owed her full severance entitlements. And given all the things that the company is doing wrong here, this is going to be a pretty straightforward matter to resolve. So the two big lessons here, you know, first of all, do not be afraid to enforce your rights. If it's during your employment, the Ministry of Labor Maybe the place to go if it's for something like overtime vacation. If it is the end of your employment, do not go to the Ministry of Labor. Speak to an employment lawyer and don't take what your employer says at face value. So loss to take from this, but most importantly, you know, speak up for yourself. Don't be afraid to enforce your rights. Speak with an employment lawyer, right? What's the harm of at least understanding knowing what your rights are?
0: We'll start uh, getting down on our main topic for uh, today's show. That is what you need to know about employment agreements. There you go. That that just segued nicely into the main topic, Johnny. What are employment
1: agreements? Why are they so
0: important beside the obvious one you just mentioned there? Give me some other reasons why.
1: Right. So termination clauses are are the big one, of course, right? A termination clause will set out what happens at the time you are terminated, and you don't want to assume that you're going to be able to get around that. You should assume when you're signing an employment agreement that whatever is in that termination clause is what you're going to get, right? So you have to take it very seriously, and you have to understand what it says because the reality is most employees don't understand what it says because it's often written in a way uh, that's meant to ensure you don't understand what it says because if you did, (laughs) you might not like it and you might want to negotiate it. Uh, the other thing about employment contracts that is important is that it sets out, uh, you know, other than setting out your salary and your hours, uh, it could have other provisions that limit your rights. So it could have a provision, for example, that gives the employer the right to cancel uh, a work-from-home arrangement, which is becoming increasingly popular and increasingly important. So if you take a job on the basis that this is great, you know, I'm not getting paid as much as I thought I would, but I'm getting to work from home... And that contract has a little clause hidden in there that says, well, we can end this at any time that we want. Hmm. That's something you may not want to agree to, because if you do agree to that, all of a sudden you may find halfway through you didn't get what you thought you bargained for. Uh, and there's other things like the right to move you, the right to change your job. And these things may sound like, you know, just what we often call standard boilerplate, right? Standard terms that you're agreeing to. But these things really do matter. Uh, and you, if you have leverage, especially if you're getting recruited from another job, you may want to negotiate it.
0: We're talking about that important uh, piece of paper or papers called the Employment Agreements. Um, and you know, anybody who's uh, listening and has listened to the show for any uh, reasonable length of time would know the answer to this question, but I'm going to throw it out there for those who may still be shocked by this. What's better? Handshake deal? Okay, here you go. Nice to meet you. Enjoy the coffee. We're starting work tomorrow. Or here's your 10-page
1: document that covers everything. I'm going to say, and, and keep in mind, this this number is is arbitrary, but I think it's a good mm-hmm. illustration. I'm going to say roughly nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine out of ten thousand cases, a handshake deal is better. Yep. Right? Where's that? Where's that one out of ten thousand cases where a written employment agreement might be better? Well, if you're getting guaranteed employment, right, or you're getting a really, really generous uh, termination entitlement, maybe even greater than what you would receive otherwise. I have seen that, but again, it's it's like one in a thousand, one in ten thousand. Right? It's very, very. Yeah rare. Most of the time, you're going to have a contract that says, you can't solicit our staff, you can't solicit our employees, you can't solicit uh, our clients, we can change your job, we can change your location, we can terminate you and pay you very little severance, etc, etc, etc. Right? It's not written by you, it's written by them. And remember that because it's not written for your benefit, it is written for the employer to give them the maximum benefit. So what's the first step? The first step is speak to an employment lawyer. Now, you may decide that you need the job so badly that despite all these things, you're going to agree to it anyway. But if you have options, right? If you're considering job offers from multiple places, one place has a one-page offer, and one page has a ten-page offer. You may decide where to go based on on uh, the the rights that are being curtailed in that longer agreement. So, speak to an employment lawyer so you can understand that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. You know, kind of a, a sides a side track to that that point you just made. I mean, if you're if you're applying for a job is. I don't know, like a barista, a very common job. Good job. We love our baristas, but it's you probably don't have a lot of negotiating power. But if you've been through three or four rounds of, of interviews and callbacks, I mean, I think at that point, wouldn't you say if there was something in that contract you didn't like and left a bad taste in your mouth, you would at that point have a little bit of negotiating power because they've put some resources into finding you, yeah?
1: Well, I I wouldn't assume that baristas have no negotiating power. You never know, right? People are good. People are hard to find, right? And it doesn't matter, you know, not necessarily the CEO. Some of the uh, most difficult positions to fill are those lower positions. So we may find people who are not the highest earning positions that may have more leverage uh, than we normally think. Think about how difficult it was, for example, for uh, restaurants to hire people after COVID, right? So you, you never know the negotiating power. That you have until you ask. Right. And if you're right. in a position where you have options, then uh, absolutely you, sh- you should ask about it. And yeah, like you said, John, if you're in three, four uh, rounds of interviews and they're really, really gunning for you and, you and they're telling you that you're the top candidate and you might have other opportunities, then don't necessarily just accept. Don't sign up like an iTunes agreement. Right. Think <laughs> about it that's funny so if you
0: had to pick before we uh, get into a break here in a couple minutes if you had to pick say top three top four things to watch out for when signing that agreement above and beyond vacation and pay everybody knows
1: those what would they be number one termination provision right Uh, that's the big one i used to say the second one's non-competition but of course that's now outlawed in ontario Uh, so if you're in ontario you don't have to worry about that, generally speaking, but you still want to make sure it's not in there, especially if you're, uh, if you're a chief executive, because if you're in a chief executive role, those provisions still are legal. So you want to make sure that those are not in there. other provisions that I say are very important are things like what happens to your bonus, right? If you're let go, um, how is your bonus calculated? How are your commissions calculated, right? When can they deny you commissions? When are commissions payable? Uh, and another one I'd say, I'm not sure how many that is, John, and it's three or uh, two or three, but the, the, the last one I'd say is the right to change your job, right? The right to change your conditions of work because you think it's not going to come up, but you never know, right? Hope for the best, expect the worst.
0: Yeah, look at the beginning of the show with your uh, your week that was. There's a perfect example. They can just throw more duties on you, change your duties, and all of a sudden you're like you've accepted it, or if it's in your agreement you signed it. You know,
1: it may leave a really bad taste in your mouth with no uh, no recourse going forward, right? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, and another one that I don't want to forget before uh, before we go to break uh, is layoff clauses. Really watch out for that, right? Because a layoff clause basically means that your employer is going to let you go without eight, for eight months, no pay, nothing you can do about it if you have a layoff is, clause. So really watch out for that. Would that be one of the easier ones to negotiate out? Depending on the job, I find that sometimes those are just put there as a matter of course and they didn't really think about it. So if you're applying to be a a manager or a, you know, a a plant manager or superintendent or a manager of an organization and you see that in there, often I have clients just go in and say, did you mean to put that in? Because it doesn't really seem like it makes any sense for my job. And often they can, they can negotiate those things out. If they're going to let you go, they should pay you severance. Exactly. It's always that way, right? We'll take a short
0: break, guys. Got lots more coming up here. We'll finish off uh, what you need to know about employment greens. If we got time being let go from your job without even realizing it, that's never good. And possibly email help at employmentlawyer.ca The email and reach John outside of this. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Don't forget about the phone number, all right? one 5900 Short pause. Back with more as we continue more of the Employment Law Show. Hang in there. You betcha. Welcome back. Still got some time here. John Scholes, John Pincus from uh, EmploymentLawyer.ca, Sam Firou, Tamarkin, LLP. Always reach out to John when we're done. Always ready for that phone call. 1-855-821-5900-HELP at EmploymentLawyer.ca. Want to wrap up this uh, first topic, pal? What you need to know about employment agreements? Okay, so it's come down to it. You've signed it. You've listened to this show.
1: You didn't get advice. Uh-oh. Now what? Right, right. So if you've now signed that employment agreement... And um, you're now uh, you're, you're now realizing, oh, you know what, maybe I shouldn't have signed that. If you're still employed, not much you can do about it, right? You've signed it. Just watch out if they ask you to sign another contract, uh, which does happen from time to time. Make sure that next time you speak to an employment lawyer and consider uh, not signing it. Because if you are being asked to sign another one, there's a chance that it might be because the first one that they had you sign is not enforceable. If you have been let go after having signed an employment agreement, well, you should definitely at that point speak to an employment lawyer. It may be the case that you're limited to what's in that employment agreement. Very often, you are not. Uh, and if you are not, then the difference could be massive. It could be tens of thousands of dollars or more. Uh, so it's worth at least having the discussion. We'll be able to tell you as an employment lawyer if you're going to be held to that uh, and uh, make sure that you get what you're owed in the circumstances.
0: I want to switch gears here for a moment, get to an email from Melody he Says, guys, was uh, was let go in December 2021. Didn't get a fair severance package. Is it too
1: late for me to do anything about it? Well, no, it's not. But time is definitely of the essence. And uh, you are very, very close to that, what we call that limitation period, that two-year period at which, after which time that's it you're sunk right if you miss that limitation period there are no second chances Uh so fortunately for you Melanie it's not too late but I'm gonna recommend you call us right away so we can help you negotiate a severance package and for anyone listening this is another important reason that if you're let go, don't wait, do something about it right away, call right away, understand at least what your rights are so you can make that decision. Don't wait you know, months and months uh, because there's a two-year limitation uh, date for all claims, there, but there may be other options that have shorter um, timelines. Uh, for instance, federal employees have shorter timelines for certain options that they may have. So bottom line, don't wait. If you've been let go, make sure you speak to a lawyer as soon as you can.
0: Uh, switch gears back to the second topic for the uh, the show. John, see how many of these we can get through. That is being let go from your job without even realizing it. Number one, you're on a temporary layoff. That loomed large over the last couple of years, huh?
1: Yeah, it really, really did. And we still see it from time to time, certainly not as often as we saw it during the pandemic. But layoffs are going to happen, especially in a shrinking economy. Uh, we're seeing layoffs now, usually permanent layoffs, other, in other words, terminations. Right. But sometimes companies hope that things will improve in this, in the future or they want to defer, having to pay off severance, so they'll put you on a layoff. And this really brings home what we were talking about earlier about layoff clauses, right? Because if you've agreed to a layoff clause, Nothing you can do about it. You've just got to wait it out and they either bring you back or they have to pay you severance at the end of that. But if you have not agreed to that, if you've not agreed to it expressly, uh, and especially if you've never been laid off before, then you're entitled uh, to severance, just like everyone else, right? Even though they're saying it's temporary, you don't have to treat it as temporary, right? You can treat it as permanent if it's something you have not agreed to. And the way that you get your severance is to speak to an employment lawyer who can help you pursue that as a constructive dismissal.
0: Number two, you uh, may not realize you've been let go, huh? If this happens, your employer changes the terms of your employment. The obvious one is like salary, which, by the way, temporary layoff is hundred percent pay cut. So just keep that mm-hmm. in mind.
1: Uh, job mm-hmm. duties, work locations, another big one too. Yeah, that's right. But you got to be really, really careful with this. Right, the last thing you want to do, and I do see this from time to time, is where an employee leaves their job claiming constructive dismissal because something happened without speaking to an employment lawyer. Please, please don't do this, right? I mean, if you're going to quit, you're going to quit, but you should, if you're considering treating it as a constructive dismissal, you have to know what your rights are. Because after speaking with us, we may end up telling you, you know what? This doesn't quite meet the mark of, our, of a constructive dismissal. Or we may tell you it's a constructive dismissal, but it's not a terribly strong constructive dismissal. Or we may tell you it's a very strong constructive dismissal. But you have, you, you, you have to understand what that looks like before you jump into that process. But if the company has cut your salary, right, changed your work location or significantly, significantly changed your duties, that can be constructive dismissal. Uh another one is uh you know, if you're if you're demoted, that can be constructive dismissal. So things that are changes to your job that affect you in a substantial way can entitle entitle you to severance. You just want to make sure you go about it the right way. And that first step, give it an employment lawyer a call demoted even if there's no pay cut involved, right? Absolutely, right? The law is very clear that just because they haven't cut your pay does not mean that you have not been constructively dismissed. If you're put into a role that is of, of uh, much lower stature uh, and has, uh, you know, for instance, you have someone who used to be reporting to you uh, and now is at the same level as you, uh, that's humiliating, right? And if you're not inclined to tolerate that, you may not have to.
0: Talk about being let go from your job without even realizing it. Uh, the company you work for,
1: uh-oh, there's a for sale sign out front. What do you think? Right. So if we're talking about a company whose assets have been purchased, what that means is you are being automatically, by law, terminated from your old company. Um, and if the new company does not offer you a new job, you're entitled to your, your full severance. Now, if the new company, the company that's buying the old company offers you a job on reasonably similar terms and you uh, accept it. Well, then that new company is your, is your employer and you just have to make sure that um, there's an understanding that if you're let go, you're going to be paid severance just as if you were let go from the old employer, right? And so that might require negotiating with a new employer. If the new company offers you a job, but it's really not the same at all, it's just Mm -hmm. not comparable, then you actually can go back to the old employer and say, you owed me my full severance, not just my minimum severance, but my full severance, even though you were never quote unquote fired, you basically have been fired because the old company's been sold and you don't have a reasonable opportunity to accept.
0: Yeah, you haven't stepped foot the first day for the new owner, so therefore the seller pays you the severance, yeah? That's right. Another way way you may have been fired without realizing it is the employer you're with won't accommodate your medical restrictions outlined by your doctor too, right?
1: Right, right. Now, this is a very, very complex and difficult situation and uh, often not only requires a consultation, but you know, usually a long consultation where we can look at what medical conditions you have, what efforts they've made to accommodate you and why they're saying they can. not And the really tricky thing about this is you often don't know as an employee what is going on. Uh, on the ground for an employer, and and as employment lawyers, we can if we intervene, we can often find out what exactly that is and better assess it. Uh, but you should never ever quit your job on this basis uh, before having an in-depth consultation with a lawyer. Uh, maybe we can get you back at work, or if we can't get you back at work, we at least want to make sure that we're solid in being able to prove that they should have accommodated you.
0: Get one of these uh, last one here, I guess, for the uh, for the show is you have to deal with a poisoned work environment. That's never nice.
1: No, poison work environments are terrible. And, you know, if you're in a poison work environment, it really feels like the most obvious situation where you should be able to uh, quit and get your severance. But on the contrary, these are actually the most difficult, the most risky uh, constructed dismissals. And I typically say that uh, they should only be pursued in the most egregious cases you have to document everything uh, make sure you know if you have witnesses that you you know confirm things with emails with them Uh, and there are various steps that you could other steps that you can take in consultation with an employment lawyer to help you document what's happened and show that you really have no other choice uh, but to leave but these are very very difficult you certainly don't want to do it on your own uh, and you have to go into it expecting that it's not going to be uh, one of the more straightforward matters to deal with
0: That'll just about wrap it up for the half hour, man. Thank you so much. And uh, for you moving forward, uh, any of these matters come up in your uh, your work life, just reach out, make the phone call before you pull the trigger on anything. one 855 821 or uh, get a hold of Mr. Pinkus and the team. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And that website, free, anonymous to use. You'll have access to the severance calculator, which is a beauty. That is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time right here on the Employment Law Show.